Hello and welcome to Midweek Gaming. We're back once again. This is episode number 60, believe it or not, of Midweek Gaming. Back once again on the fine Wednesday. And someone was playing it in the background as well. Someone's someone's streams behind. So yeah, it's um it's a, you know, in the UK we're having great weather. It's nice and sunny today, actually. It's unbelievable for once. In the UK. A dark and gloomy. Yeah, we're, here. yeah. We get three days of the year, so we're making we're making use of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh yeah, we're back. Stubbs is back making videos. Big response to uh my thoughts on Gears of War, and I've had a positive um, <laughs> feedback, so I'm going to focus on <laughs> making Gears content uh, video-wise. Is it, is it all about I, shotguns, isn't it? I will make it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a video <laughs> just about that Pacific gun, I think, just for you. <laughs> well, you're that guy. Uh, huh? Thanks for that idea. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome. Welcome this week. We have, um, we've got Moan from... <laughs> The Any and Everywhere podcast. He's a, I've known Moan for quite a, well, quite a while. About two now. years, about, right? About two years now, yeah. You he, actually featured, he actually <laughs> featured on this podcast. Don't ask me what number. When I was in hospital, well, with you, broken knees, dance, when, you wouldn't know the when number. Mr. <laughs> yeah, when, when Mr. Tushi <laughs> hosted it, and it went, it went quite wrong, but apparently everyone enjoyed it. It was on with Max as well. Yep. yep, and that was last time, but he wasn't personally on it when I was hosting. So, how are you doing, Moan? I'm good, uh, still alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's hear. not the to main hear. gist of it, right? Uh, yep, but other than that, uh, yeah, I guess what's been going on is as you can see, I am back on the podcast tip. We took a break for a while. Uh, Max had a baby, so he uh, had to focus on that. So it was either YouTube, nice. podcast, and baby. So, of course, his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. He's doing very well. So check him out. Uh, in the middle of this podcast, I'll probably put his uh, YouTube page in the comments. You guys can check him out. I think he's over 1,000 subscribers now. I think he's almost yeah, there. Yeah. Yes. He, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Max is. Yes. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you say hi in chat, if you type it, I'll make you a mod so you can, can do that. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's good uh, to have you on. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, but we have a new podcast, me and a couple other buddies. It's right here. I'll post that as well in the link. Um, and it's been a while since I've streamed. I, I haven't streamed in a while either. I've been getting ready for this. I have a baby on the way, so I'm getting ready for this. And my entire studio that used to be upstairs is in the basement now. So, yeah, I got thrown in a dungeon. <laughs> so At least you still got the option. Many people I know, don't. right? <laughs> I have an outside shed. <laughs> but other than that, I'm, I'm happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. Good to hear. So, and this week we also have a Luke Steele from Green Pass Gaming here. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, and uh, yeah, some interesting, interesting topics, interesting opinions. Ooh. I think on some of these. So, uh, yes, no, very happy to be here. Good to hear. And Moan, you're already a moderator already. I've just noticed. Okay, all right, cool. Thanks. You can post whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Thanks, good to have you back on, Luke. I next messaged you in the week, and you're like, "I'm I'm free Wednesday evening." Yep. Not don't worry. Yep. Rare day Wednesday. off. So uh, yeah, very very happy. Definitely, it's good to hear. Right, so where we got next? VJ, how you doing? Oh, hello there. Hello. Good evening, all. Um, thanks for having me back on the show, Mr. Stubbs. And uh, 
nice to see uh, Luke here as well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the show. Good to hear. And removable as always. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And of course, it's brilliant to see Moan back. And of course, yeah. uh, speak to Luke again. Hello, Macy, my friend. It's been a while, but good luck <laughs> with the newborn. I feel you. <laughs> Welcome to the, to, to the lack of sleep. I'm sure you will survive. <laughs> yeah, but video games are more important. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We train this well, isn't it, to work on about oh, three hours worth of sleep. But the trouble is those yeah. three hours now be taken up with kids. Well, that's why I say the big toe comes in comes into play because you can set the kid in the, the, the rocker and you take your big yep. toe and shake them while you're playing the game. So I'm going to get that big toe strong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to have both of you here um, and I'm looking forward to the topic tonight so yeah let's uh, kind of push it forward then Stubbs yes thanks well let's do a few shout outs before we start welcome back from the dead he's usually is number one in, in the chat with the comments he's well done he's done it this week welcome to Darren lazy few lazy few sorry bald man <laughs> gamer who was complaining that we were late as normal so I thought I'd better start the show uh, Moan Dog Gaming. I, if we don't listen, I always shout people out that are in chat, even if they're on the panel. Which is what <laughs> Thank <I do>. you. <laughs> also, we have I haven't said his name in ages. Exeno Killer probably said it wrong. Welcome, mate. VJ Luke Steele. I think that. And then we've got Redders, Redders. TV. Redders from Xbox Live Party Podcast, who animated Evil was on the other night. That was a good show. Yeah. He was. Uh, let's go down a bit. Yeah, that's it currently. So this week is a bit of a bit of a mix. Uh, we basically got. I'll just go over this topic. So PlayStation had a state of play, which is in, it's kind of a new concept. I mean, this probably is a thing going forward because of marketing, uh, marketing deals, and why not use the platform that PlayStation have? It's a big one um, to market the new Harry Potter game. Hogswark Legacy. Uh, so what the question will be is obviously, uh, hopefully, some people checked out the game and the stream. And what are you also I want to ask you because there's a lot of there's a lot of concerns about because J.K. Rowling owns Harry Potter, even though I'm telling you now the woman's a billionaire, mate. She's not going to notice much money going in her bank account from the Harry Potter game, you know. She's that, she's stinking rich. I'm like, she must be one of the richest women in the world. You know what I mean? So she won't notice much going in her bank. When you get to that level, it's just, she won't even notice. But I would ask you about the concerns because there's a lot of concerns around because many people don't like her. But so what's your impressions of... Hogwarts Legacy, Moan, and do you have any concerns about J.K. Rowling? If you don't have any concerns, don't feel pressured to have any. You know <laughs> no how the problem. internet is. We won't I judge you on this on this show. Don't worry. Well, I'm I am one of the late boomers. I saw the 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 video probably about yesterday. Oh, today I watched it actually. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I am not a Harry Potter's fan, right? So. But my wife loves it. It's on the TV every night because she likes to sleep to it. Um, I get why people are addicted to it. I see why she's rich. Um, but when I watched the game, to be honest with you, it's not my thing. But I was I was actually pretty impressed. I guess what impressed me the most was the character progression. 
I, I was surprised. It really goes deep into it. Um, yeah, and and you usually don't. Usually, when developers come out with these games, um, it's it, it's. Let's take a look at um, Cyberpunk, right? <laughs> it was. Yeah. It's usually rushed. It's usually um, uh, they don't work out everything, and, and and you get this ball of crap that comes out. Um, but this one looks fine and refinished. It's not one of those things where we got with Halo when it first came out, right? <laughs> where it had this huge backlash. I was actually, I was actually surprised and impressed. Um, I don't know. I, 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 it looks cool. I'm not a fan of Harry Potter, but That's I, from what I've seen, the game looks good. I, 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 I like character progression games. <clears throat> it doesn't, from what I understand, I'm not a big Harry Potter expert. But from what I could gather from the video, it doesn't actually technically follow the book because it's the different. It's hundreds of years before the the books. From what it looks like to me, it is yeah. adding bits and pieces of. The, I guess the game exactly. evolves around the Hogwarts yeah. school. And yeah. when I was watching the trailer, uh, what I don't like is when you feel like you're stuck in this fixed environment, like how the old Spider Man's used to be, where mm. you really it wasn't free swinging. You're just swinging in this area, then it goes into another one. And it looked like that in the beginning till I finally saw the uh, video when they finally go outside the school. So I said, okay, so you can take everything you're doing there, do as much as you can in there, and you can go out into the open world. So that, that was my biggest fear uh, of that because I, I can't stand those type of games. It's, it's like they don't have any creativity when they do that. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. It's uh, It does look good. Yeah. It does, but... It- would you? Would it be a game that you'd ever pick up, or would it be a game that if it ever hit Game Pass, you'd try out? Or oh yeah, if it hits Game Pass, yeah, well, I'll try it. You got it. <laughs> That's you? the beauty of it's it. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. It, to be fair, I don't think a game like that would initially. No, I think it'd be like um, the Guardians. If it really is good, I think it'd be like, probably like be. Yeah. But you know it's made by WB, right? Guardians of the Galaxy hit hit after. Yeah, but I it's made by WB, a, right? WB Games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's not one of those games. It, it won't. I don't think it'll come out on um, Game Pass. A game like uh, the uh, Black Wukong or the Monkey King game that that let, that's a small studio that's developed by like a select few. That developers. game looks very good. We talked about it a while ago, didn't we? Removable. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. amazing. If it ever something comes like out, that would come out does. on Game Pass yeah. for recognition, you know, uh, because of smaller studios. And if the game executes it well, then you won't see it on Game Pass anymore. You know, for the next development. <laughs> yeah. But Game well, Pass if, is, if is a did, good entry. You'd need to, if it did, Xbox would really need to be piling the money on saying, this is how much we're going to pay you to put it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't have to come out. At, you know, <laughs> I know Game Pass has earned them a lot of money, but I don't think it's WB money. <laughs> no. No, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. I presume you've got no concerns about um, JK Rowling. You don't have to have any. I, I don't even know the because I don't I'm not a fan, so I don't keep up with the whole Harry Potter thing. No, uh, but I've seen enough. them. Yeah, I've seen them. Uh-huh. I've seen the because my wife watches them, and then it's yeah. one of those things where I'm like, "Oh the fuck, here we go, Harry Potter." And then next thing you know, she's <laughs> sleeping, I'm still watching it, and I'm like, "Dude, yeah. I can't believe I got sucked into this." <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so, fair yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> it is. So well, fair enough, mine and uh, Luke. I know he's been looking to, to talk about this topic because I've been DMing a little bit and it's been a bit of there's been a bit of conversation in the old Green Pass gaming Discord as well. So Luke, mm. let it all off your mind. Go on. 
um, I think it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I looked, I watched the state of play, uh, yeah. and I actually think it looks really good. Um, and I was quite surprised actually how in depth it looks. You know, it's a, essentially a proper single player RPG. You know, in the in the you know Hogwarts universe, if we want to call it that. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was really impressive visually, which was quite surprising, uh, considering it's from a developer that, you know, they're not, or they've, they've not put out, I don't think, big AAA games before, but it looks like it's had a significant funding, which, again, is no surprise because it's an IP that, you know, um, is, is massive. Uh, and I'm sure the game will do exceptionally well, uh, provided it's it's decent. To be honest, even if it's not very good, it will probably do well, um, yeah. just on the, the basis of being a, a Harry Potter game or a game linked to Harry Potter. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, like for me, uh, I was a, a massive Harry Potter fan. So I got all the books back in the day. I remember eagerly waiting for them to actually release and get them delivered. Um so uh, I have a kind of storied history with it. In recent yeah. years, I, like I, I don't have the same love, the lasting love for that IP that I do, you know, other things. Um, yeah. But it's still, it's still something that I can enjoy, and I could certainly enjoy the game. Um, however, as as I said to you, um, and as yeah. I've said to other people, um, I'm not, I'm personally not comfortable um, right now with buying the game uh because um i just you know the difficulty i think with with any of this is is whether irrespective of how you feel about jk rowling if you're not comfortable with her in general um and you for some people some people might not care about this right they may hate jk rowling and everything that she says but they're just like well i'm gonna get the game and that's fine. Like, if that's your approach, absolutely fine. For me, I'm not like that. So it's difficult for me because I don't know... If I knew J.K. Rowling wasn't profiting from the game in any way, i.e., as I said to you, Stubbs, if, if yeah. you know, the way she makes the money on this game is she's just sold the license to WB for this game, she got a chunk of cash, and it doesn't matter what any sales do, then I'd go out and buy the game brand new because if it's a good game, then I want to go and enjoy that and I want to yeah. support the developer. Because it's not the developer's fault that they have no, J.K. Rowling attached to their game, right? That's not their fault. Um, if she if she profits from my sale, then there's no way for me that I'm going to, you know, go out and How would you and actually do. find that out? Though? Well, that's the problem. There's, I, you're not going to. Like, that's the issue. Like, you're just not... That, that contractual stuff is all private. So you're oh, never going to do that. So, say, Sorry, Luke, I would say that the developer's percentage... And the publisher's percentage in terms of profit are quite significant compared to the marginal amount that JK Rowling may receive in terms of royalty. It will be single digits at best in terms of in dollars. But yeah, entirely possible. Um, she she may. I mean, but that would still that would still be uncomfortable for me. Uh, just knowing that my should be like I'm going to buy this new Lambo. Luke Steele bought it. Oh, yeah, Steel yeah I contributed what? slightly to it. <laughs> Can I just ask, what's the issue surrounding JK? Because I feel like I'm not in the room. Really that's that's a question. very powerful topic. <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's a difficult topic. Summary, that I, summary please. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult topic that I don't think it's probably not the 
most appropriate one for this type of podcast. But okay. essentially, uh, J.K. Rowling has views on transgender people okay. that are, to me, quite abhorrent. So, um, okay. and that's it, basically. I'd suggest there are some really good articles out there, actually, that will summarise the kind of timeline of, of, of what she said and, and the things she said and the context in which she said them. So I'd suggest going have a look at those. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to fill up the podcast with, with that sort of stuff um, because it's... Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, not not for that, but but better, more interesting than this, listening to stuff like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think it's really you know it's difficult, um, and um, I'll see kind of how I feel at the time and how the game performs, and uh, in in terms of you know um, if it's if it's being critically well received, etc. Um, f- for the moment, I think the safest course I think for anybody who's worried about that stuff is to probably just pick it up second hand um well, i will but... say though the for a game for a a title or or a franchise like um um harry potter see i, I don't even watch it that way can't even say the name a franchise like <laughs> harry potter um it remind it reminds me of star wars right star Wars is a huge franchise yeah. And there will yeah. always be these loyalists, you know, nothing wrong with it. If that's what they like, that's what they like. Everybody yeah. has their yeah. own opinion to their judgment, right? Um, for something that huge, you know, and from the from all the support it get and the events and all the sponsorships and whatever else uh, that she may get, um, I'm pretty sure she's going to accept some sort of you don't you don't just sell something that this is this will be a like this Harry Potter will be out long before long after we're dead. <laughs> and it's going to be new yeah. content. It's gonna, it will yeah. never go away. If they did, if they never made a movie, which basically they haven't made a Harry Potter movie, but they made the the um what do you call it the Fantastic Beast movies. Uh, yeah. But Harry Potter's not in it. Um, mm. it it's just going to anything you snatch snatch a uh, Harry Potter name on it is going to do do it. Hogwarts, whatever you want to call it, Dumbledore, whatever it is. Um, mm. And she's going to she's going to get paid royalty. So I, I whether it is public or it's not public. Um, something like that that's huge it's, I don't think it's as big as Star Wars but it may it, well it may be as big as Star Wars because they have other well Star Wars have books too so yeah they, they kind of just yeah. remind me of each other of of the staple they have on this earth and anything named that I'm pretty sure it's going to get royalty get even after now. she gets rid of it what's that? Now on the other foot we have to hate for J.K. Rowling but obviously Star Wars and Disney and they've had walkouts recently because they don't support. Um, how, what's the community called? Um, I don't know what they. There's a certain segment of people, part of community, they don't support their rights. Oh, um, Disney Rumble? don't. No. Oh, I'm going to leave it um, until I know. I'm just trying to have to look it up, but it's gonna bother you until after the podcast, and you're going as soon as the show's over, you're gonna be like, you know oh, the crap, communities where you have fun, uh, where you have I, trans, I assume... gay, etc. Yeah, you mean L- LGBTQ? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't, they yeah. don't support their rights, etc. I've had walkouts at Disney, so do mm. them same people not not watch Disney films because of them reasons? That's what I mean. But that's getting really deep. That is. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, every everybody has a different approach to this stuff. It, it's much the same as you know musicians that have made lots of you know popular music and uh, 
you know, have uh, committed or have been accused of committing, you know, crime, bad crimes. And it's, you know, as an individual, I think you just make that choice as to whether you That's can, true. you can divorce yourself from the art, you know, the art from the artist, so to speak. And it's much, it's much the same here, right? I think the difference here yeah. is just that J.K. Rowling's around and still doing stuff. So it's, it's, it's just more public and apparent, right, in terms of the yeah. visibility of it, right, versus. Yeah you're ignorant to perhaps what is going on behind the scenes with nearly everything that's in your house and the background yeah. of those people. And uh, if yeah, you exactly. were to know the deepest and darkest yeah. bits, you'd probably yeah. be boycotting everybody left, right and centre. Well, just look at, you look at Chinese yeah. products, for instance, and the girls. No one seems to be doing the same yeah. thing for that, is it? It's 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 everyone. It depends. It's a personal thing, isn't it? It's an individual yep. yeah, aspect um, of where you wish to draw the line, um, and that is up to everyone's individuality. Um, you know, as as Luke I mean, says, it's it's you, it's a personal choice. It's up to you how you wish to how you wish to approach it, resolve that. Yeah, approach yeah. it and resolve it to yourself, sort of thing. Um, I mean, yeah. think about all the people that we all watch and do things for and support that we don't know how they are, you know. Yeah. So until they get caught by a paparazzi or they say something on camera and, and it goes public, and then you're like, "Man, come yeah. on!" Like, like I love Final Fantasy VII series, and if I find out something bad, it would break my heart. But I, I will probably still play them because I've always, <laughs> I've grew up to those games, <laughs> you know. So it's everybody's choice, right? <clears throat> exactly. That's how it works. Yes. It's like Luke, Luke's judging it how he judges it and everyone else judges it a different way. Whatever you're happy with, it is. That went very quiet, very quickly. Come on. Oh, yeah. It, did, yeah. <laughs> so, it escalated and calmed down in an instant. So, VJ, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what are your thoughts on... Have you seen the Hogwarts Legacy um, video? Have you what, managed to watch it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? It. Because I do know. Do you I'm like, like Harry Potter? Um, I don't mind the books. The books are okay. Uh, I can see yeah. the effort that's gone in them and so on and so forth. But this was like 20 years ago, right? Or whenever it came out. And uh, yeah. look, I'll just talk about the game, right? So I yeah. don't know anything about JK and uh, I don't know that's too much enough. about this, that, and the other. So I, I mean, I think I like Luke um, and Moan. Um, you know, they sort of, I'm, I'm kind of in the same sort of boat as them. We saw a lot, but we saw very little. But I, I gleaned a good overall sort of perspective or premise of what they're trying to do. And uh, But I did come away with lots of mixed impressions because I did I did watch it and I know it's on YouTube, et cetera. And I, and I can't remember if there was a disclaimer that this is work in progress and so on and so forth. So I want to yes, caveat. Yes, I did say that. Yes, I did say that. But I, I kind of came away with some sort of mixed concerns or, or reservations, which I hope are sort of sort of duly done away with as we get to know more about the game. But um, I just don't want any of my sort of um, sort of um, misconceptions to gain any more ground, right? Based on what I see going forward, and uh, and uh, and I, you know, as we always say, you, know, you don't really know until you experience it more. And uh, and uh, like Moan, right? Or what you suggested to him, right? Is that you know, you, you kind of hope that, you know, maybe the game will do well, maybe it won't, then it will come to Game Pass, right? Like Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy, MLB Baseball, Outriders, yeah. The Medium, all, all that stuff, right? And then, but in general, I think the game's presentation, we all sort of, I think we've all watched it, right? It seemed to sort of oh, ebb yeah. and flow in terms of quality and engagement. It, it didn't really sustain or sort of, sorry, sorry, did you want to say something, Mr. Stubbs? 
No, I didn't say anything. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I thought someone. I'll turn my mic off. Maybe, maybe I'm too close to the microphone. Sorry. Yeah. Stop. Stop blowing kisses at me. Yeah. Um, oh geez. Um, just, just chuck a bacon sign in my way. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do. Um, so it didn't. So because of that, because it was kind of ebb and flowing in terms of its engagement, it didn't sustain or sort of completely sort of I don't know uh, ignite a heightened sensation or a deep desire to to play the game. Right, I'll go out and get it. And like Luke says, pre-order it and whatnot. Right, regardless of JK, but just just this look at the game as as a as a as a as a, uh, as a you know sort of as a as a closed off thing, sort of so to speak. So. Look, I, I'm, one of the things I did really appreciate, <laughs> the fact that, and I, I hope they stay true to this, is that it's not going to include any um, microtransactions. I hope I've got that right. That's so, correct. Um, so they're not going to be mining consumers, right, for every, nope. you know, for every nickel and dime or dollars or pounds or, or fennig or whatever it is that you want to call it. But where I think I had issues, and again, uh, they may be unfounded and each to their own, um, but I, I kind of, when I observed, like, I'll just put it really in broad strokes, art direction, the animations, uh, the seemingly repetitive combat, the visual effects, the NPC models, the character creation, and the, and the lack of co-op, which is, I can I can let that go because I'm like Moan, I, I like character progression games, and I love the Final Fantasy series and so on and so forth. And I just found it a little jarring, and that's, that's just to name a few. And the game looks great, right, in terms of what the Unreal can do, right, in terms of environments and so on and so forth. And, um, and you know, we all know about the unreal sort of art and tech facets. And But, again, you know, when I was looking at certain aspects in terms, especially the visual effects, I, I was, my head and my mind was going back to PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 days in terms of quality. And um, I don't know. I, I just – I like what I saw. It, it didn't spark my imagination or engage me to a really – sort of heightened degree as I was saying and it might have just been because of the innovative steps that they're not taking perhaps right that's supposed to, perhaps I was expecting too much I, I don't know I'm not a huge fan of Harry Potter I'll, I'll read the books or whatever and uh, I haven't read all of them and I'll watch the odd movie because somebody in the home wants to watch it but I won't go out of my way to do so but I think as Luke was saying you know the books uh, did very well. Uh, the movies were just okay for me personally and the EA games uh, were par for the course um, and what you expect from EA, right? When they're trying to release games in time in, in sync with the movie releases, right? And but they, but as Luke would tell you, right? They sold well as he's projecting. Sorry, in terms of Hogwarts Legacy, those games sold incredibly well. I remember that they were in the charts in the top ten, you know, months after after release uh, back in the day. And I, I kind of sometimes go back to watch the the state of play just to see what sort of numbers they have, and you know I'll check God of War, Gran Turismo, and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't have a PlayStation, but I just kind of keep an eye on what the engagement is, and I was surprised to see that they were only at around five million, but the comments were generally good, right, in terms of anticipation for a Hogwarts game. But I can't help feel consumers, from the general gauge of what I read when I read the comments, uh, sort of I'm kind of. Um, you know, reading through those that that they want to experience it before before delivering a verdict, which is absolutely sensible, right? I often say that right on this show, especially with the topics that Mr. Sums brings up. But anyway, as for me, I I think I'm gonna be in the in the same boat as uh, Luke and perhaps Moan is that I'm gonna wait until I hear the wisdom of the crowd, you know, before sort of diving into it or purchasing it and. Um, you know, Warner Brothers games do make it to Game Pass, as far as I can call recall. Right, I remember seeing uh, Mortal Kombat and so on and so forth. So maybe it'll make an appearance there. Um, but I mean, it'll definitely be off my Christmas list because obviously, as Mr. Stubbs told me privately in the DMs, that Starfield's releasing early. 
Starfield is going to be delayed till because Paul, Paul's not <laughs> oh, on it. So I'm just gonna, I, I'm just going to say it's going to be delayed until 2022, 2023. You can all go and tell Paul now. I said that. I won't, I won't I, say I, it next week. <laughs> you know what he's going to do? He's going to come on the show, Mr. Stubbs. He's going to say, yeah, Gear 6 has been cancelled and Starfield's coming Gear out. Gear 6 has never actually been confirmed by, by Xbox, actually. So, any Gears, Gears related Gears? Any, it's it's Gears, just Gears 5 remastered. Oh, I don't yeah. need that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, anyway, that was my take For on five it. years. They hit a nerve. <laughs> VJ, welcome to the indie gamer. Removable. What are your thoughts on Harry Potter? Um, yeah, off, Harry, I mean, are you a half, Harry Potter fan? Have you got all the books? Have you got all the films? Yeah, I'm a half and half person. You know, I've I've watched yeah. some, I've watched others, I've read some, read some. It was it's like yeah, okay, it's a nice little thing to do. I yeah, it's got. A, it looks like it's got. A, for me, the character creation looked really good. I actually must be. I'm I'm a character creator sort of you know i'll spend a good two hours trying to create my character so from what i saw it looked pretty intriguing um the thing i am slightly worried about or, or i haven't seen is the open world aspect now some open worlds can be dungeons dead space than a dungeon and if you understand what i mean by that is like the open world is pretty devoid. It's more just a path to get you to the next dungeon where it's populated with NPCs, storylines, and uh, those quests. And I'm hoping that's not the case because open worlds or semi-open worlds, they are best populated and, and best if you find things along the way sort of thing. So I'm a bit like from whatever else is saying, I'm kind of... It looks good, but I'm hesitant until I see more. What I saw looked like a polished FMV. I know it's not, but it it looked purposely built to 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 get you intrigued, which it did. But I want to see a bit more. I want to learn a little bit more about the side quest. I want to learn a little bit more about the open world aspect of it. It is good that they have got they've confirmed that there's no microtransactions or in built in game purchases. Oh, I'll give them props you're really for that. disappointed. You had your cash waiting for their microtransactions. <laughs> Mate, I'm poor. I cash for me is like, it's just basically another oh. thing to flash in front of my face and go, ha ha, you can't afford this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, again, I, I, it's what I've seen I like, but I'm waiting and holding off until I see, uh, see more, to be honest with you, uh, to before moving forwards with any sort of purchase. I think a game like this shouldn't be single player. I think it should. Yeah, be- well, I, I, I was hoping. I did. Yeah. Didn't did they say that it was supposed to be like? Uh, I think I can't remember the, the actual game. It's like Quidditch. There was supposed to be like a multiplayer aspect to it with Quidditch, but that's been put aside. Um, I can't remember where. I think I, someone mentioned it on Twitter or something like that. Um, so I think there there was going to be some sort of maybe it'll be tagged in at a later date. I don't know, um, but it, yeah. So I agree with you. It looked like it would be very fun with a with a secondary player in it. Yeah, if it had that, I I, I will probably be all over it because it has a lot of things that I'm very interested in. Uh, I love again player progression games. I like how you can really build your character before you get out there. That was my biggest thing, uh, and mm. you can always go back and do it. So uh, a lot of games that didn't really execute it like that. I'm gonna be honest with you. Was the the newest Assassin's Creed when I was playing that it, it 
got repetitive and boring pretty quickly, just like most of the Assassin's Creed games. Had a lot of additions to it, um, but it the the player progression didn't keep me it didn't keep me bounded to it, bound, mm-hmm. you know, tied to it. Um, I still have the game, and then I don't like a game to where um, if I don't play it for a while and when I get back on it, I don't remember how to play the game at all. <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> so it's just it, it's just a little too much into it. Uh, you know, a game like Call of Duty, you could just pick it back up and shoot people if you haven't played it in a while. That's true. It is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to be you removable um, where you you're currently playing like say like Luke, like Elden Ring, and then you go back a month later and like, what the do I do? You'd forget mm-hmm. everything, wouldn't you? <laughs> RPGs don't lend them well. It, 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 some do, some don't. I mean, Skyrim, I can go back in and pretty much probably pick up where I've left off. Yeah, Skyrim is really easy to pick back up, and I haven't played so it. So, I, I, yeah. it, it kind of depends on the on, on the game. I think. I think there are some that just like for some reason it just I don't know. It fixates in your brain, and you're like, that's it. I oh, know no. exactly where I am. Yes. <laughs> and there's some that's like, I, I mean, I can go back to a single player game and go. <laughs> What was the controls? So, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I think it's, it depends on the game, to be honest with you. That's true. That is. So, that was a good topic, that was. It was a nice, fun one. So, the next one. Uh, so, PlayStation Studios has acquired Haven Studios uh, that is headed up by Jade Raymond. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I have a... I have a statement here from her, but it's quite a mouthful. I don't know if you lot all want to hear it. <laughs> I can read it if you want. <laughs> here we go. One year ago, this month, we embarked on a journey to start Haven Studios with a small team and big ambitions. Our goal was to build a studio where we could make the kind of games we've always wanted to create and games we've longed to play. We've made an amazing progress in a short time thanks to our talented and passionate team and their exceptional contributions. We have established a culture at Haven grounded in kindness, adaptability and courage that unlocks creativity and our first new IP for PlayStation is on track to deliver a triple A multiplayer experience with a vision to build a seismic, I probably said that wrong, an evolving world focused on freedom, thrill, and playfulness that will keep players entertained and engaged for years. Today, the Haven team begins a new phase of our journey as part of the PlayStation Studios family, working with Heyman, Connor Booth, and the team at PlayStation over the past year has been a career highlight. SIE is a supportive partner that truly understands the creative process and what it takes to make a blockbuster AAA game. They have empowered and, and encouraged us to bring our bold vision to life and make our dreams come true. And we could not be more thrilled about this opportunity to strengthen our partnership on the as SIE's first-party studios, we have the opportunity to collaborate with some of the world's most um, renowned development teams, including studios like Gorilla, Naughty Dog, Media Molecule, Insomniac Games, and the creators of games that have inspired us as players and developers for years. We're excited to learn 
from these world-class studios as well as exceptional central creative technology and marketing teams those expertise will enable us to deliver even better games i'm nearly there to our haven team a huge thank you it's been one of the most rewarding years of my career and to the players out there we can't wait to share more and we're just at the beginning of what is sure to be a wondrous adventure that will span generations jade raymond ceo and founder of haven studios sorry about that mouthful they always give out these big statements if you just make them short and sweet, couldn't they? I know, and when you do read out statements like that, I think you should um, hand out probably a round bored. of biscuits and donuts so we've got something to munch I know, on. You probably, probably got bored. <laughs> uh, I, probably, I think I said a couple of the names wrong there. but Oh, you so, mean you mean Hogwarts you instead of Haven? Yeah, I don't see where they've got expertise in multi... I don't really see where they've got expertise in the multiplayer space apart from Bungie lending a hand, but they didn't mention yep. them, did they? You know no, I mean? but they're but, part of they're part of the equation, aren't they? That's true. That is story time with Daddy Stubbs. Indy said, "Yeah, there we go." Moan Dog, what do you reckon to that then? Haven joining so, this PlayStation Studios to well, make a triple A multiplayer game. So you can look at it in two ways, right? You look at it as, "Oh man, this is awesome!" PlayStation has acquired a studio, or you could look at it as the battle of buying up all the studios from Xbox and PlayStation. Um, I, <clears throat> I'm all for the power moves, Yeah. uh, but I, I, they say that when they buy these studios that they can still run on their own, they can still do this and just still do that, but they did buy them. They still have, uh, they have ownership over them now and they can That's still right. demand something if they want to. Who's to say there's always a change in, in jobs, right? Change the CEO, changing developer, changing this, changing that, and teams can change and everybody views are different when someone else comes in. Usually when you make a change, the newest person wants to put their new ideas to so-called make it great. So when they buy up these studios this way, uh, like this, it also it makes you feel like there's no competition or, or the competitiveness is shrinking just a little bit uh, when it comes to buying these games and getting a game. PlayStation has their own thing that they do and how they do things. And some things yeah. we all don't like, some things we do like. Xbox does the same thing and it's going to get to the point where that's you're going to only choose between two. If they buy up all these studios, they're going to, you're going to only choose between two consoles uh, two well, two huge multi-billion dollar tech companies, right? That's buying all these video, buying all these studios. And yeah, we'll add a caveat in there that even with Sony 10 cents, number one and, and Sony's number two and Microsoft would be free in that space but you are right it just does seem like they're being bought up um but you are right in what you said there because we didn't i don't know you probably don't know but luke Steele's actually an acquisitions and mergers lawyer so company acquisitions and what studios can do after is kind of his forte <laughs> okay <laughs> but i mean a few years down the line who's to say that all right, all right. Now all these games are strictly on PlayStation. I mean, you don't know. They change plans. They they say this to get everybody all excited. And PlayStation folks are like, yeah, in your face, Xbox. And then Xbox, in your face, PlayStation. So who who, uh-huh. who knows? That's my biggest fear is when you buy these studios, they say that it's in the contract. They say they're not going to change anything. Things are still going to come out. But it's also pretty funny at the same time, you know, because now when when it comes out on multiple systems, now PlayStation has to pay Xbox. 
and it's and it's, and it's yeah. vice versa. <laughs> oh, guess what? I get money from you know, so you guys are all my babies. But I, I that's the only issue I have with it. I, I just don't trust these huge corporations when they buy these studios to stick to the same uh uh the same uh what do you call it? Uh I can't even put the word out that the their their representation of what the studio was before and what it's going to be after. Because big corporations like that, big corporations like they have demands, <clears throat> you know. Mm. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. You never know. Uh, the Death Loop game, you know, uh, that was strictly PlayStation, wasn't it, when it first came out? Now yeah, that's because it had to, it, because previously, previous to the acquisition, PlayStation had already inked an exclusivity deal before Microsoft had acquired them, so they. As a as a legit business, you you honor all contracts. That's why that happened. That is, so okay. it will it is coming to it will be coming to Xbox, yeah, but no, they have to honor I mean. the deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, I you know, just long as they don't change anything, you can hope and and pray that it doesn't. But you things usually change. You never know. You never. Uh, Elder Scrolls Sometimes. twenty may just be on Xbox. <laughs> I mean, you never know. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Yo. That's a game where, <laughs> see, when they say legacy content, in my this is my personal view. No one's going to agree with me, but I think of new IP as new IP, like say Starfield. But what Elder Scrolls has always been multiplayer, so a new Elder Scrolls, in my opinion, would be deemed as legacy content and should come to the PlayStation as well, in my view. Because it's it's still a legacy IP. It might not be a legacy get new. It's a new version of the game that should also be multiplayer as well. That's my view on it. Depends how Microsoft at the time wants to view what they call legacy content. Because that's just a new version of a legacy IP. It is. But sorry, I've drifted off to a completely different direction there. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. But as far as them buying up the studios, um, I think they're going tit for tat right now. And 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 it also pushed PlayStation to try to come out with their own Game Pass. Uh, their whole PlayStation collection is all right, but it's not nothing will be as good as Game Pass unless there's a complete direct competitor that's doing the same thing. You know, so it, that that's all. That's to me. That's all I'm saying. Microsoft started nice. it, signed up all the studios, mm-hmm. and PlayStation had to respond. And I feel like they're focusing more more on doing that than actually. Developing, sticking, staying in their lane. <laughs> That's my thought on it. Okay, fair enough. Welcome, Dreadpool. But yeah, um, good, good opinions there, man. Good to get your take on it. Luke, what do you reckon to PlayStation buying another little studio up to make some AAA? Uh, I shouldn't. I hate the tag. Shouldn't we use that wording uh, to, to make a new online multiplayer game? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really interesting one, uh, more so than some of the others that PlayStation have done in the last you know year and a half or so. Because you know when when you look to stuff like uh, Housemark and Blue Point, etc., it's very much an established working relationship. They'd only really ever done PlayStation games uh, for the most part, so it kind of made sense that Sony were just like you know 
let's actually acquire these and uh, and build them up you know have the bigger budgets yeah. bigger titles etc with this one you know it's a studio that uh, has never made a game uh but in a way that's quite exciting because whatever they are making it must be very exciting for playstation to say right you know what we need to put even more resources behind this effectively and you know bring them in house and get their staffing up and and all that sort of stuff so um yeah and and i think they probably look at it and go well you know it's it's been said countless times uh, and i think it's true that you know playstation don't have um you know they're not a multiplayer centric brand right what they make is not multiplayer centric it's their 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 expertise their forte uh, if you will is 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 in single player games um which is which is great which which i love but i do think that they could stand to make more multiplayer games because um one it makes business sense and two they've got a lot of talented studios so um who could make really good multiplayer games um so i think uh you know buying haven is exciting from that perspective because you know that they're making a multiplayer game it's a new ip uh it's uh, clearly exciting enough that sony went and opened their checkbooks to sign the whole studio you know to buy the studio um they've got a, a very talented veteran leader in jade raymond i think they've got about 60 people already in that studio so it's not exactly you know it's not like a 15 20 person studio they've they've built it up um and i think they'll just continue to do that so um yeah i think it's i think it's interesting you know and i'm really in, i'm more than anything i'm just interested to see what they're making because it must it must be good you know or at least in whatever f- stage it's at now it must be exciting for for playstation to to open the checkbook um and uh, also it's it's really good for jade raymond as well uh who i'm really pleased for because she obviously had the uh you know the 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 issue with um ea motive and then yeah. you know had had an ip there that was cancelled uh, then went to, I think she went to to Google after that, and obviously that didn't pan out either. So third time, hopefully, is is the charm for her, and and they get, you know, I'm sure they will get this game out. If there's one thing Sony are very good at, it's making sure games come out. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite exciting. Well, yeah, I would agree. I mean, with it being Jade Raymond, I mean, my my stab in the dark is it's not going to be a shooter. I don't see it being a shooting game. But you never know. No, no. I think um, I, I do wonder if this, whatever the game is, it's based on a lot of the concepts that she was trying to make at EA Motive, uh, because the game that she was making there was a social multiplayer title. Uh, it it wasn't combat focused. Um, you know, it's more about collaboration. So I, I do wonder if it's something along those lines. And, you know, it's that kind of original concept that she had at Motive. Obviously not the same thing, but, you know, those kind of ideas are permeating maybe through this project. So, um, and, it, and if that is the case, that's really cool because that's a different multiplayer experience, you know. Um, to me, in my head, the, the way I see her game is the way uh, it's... It, 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 I feel like it will come out a bit like how Everwild 
will come out from Raya. You know, because you yeah. look at a game like Everwild, which is a, no doubt going to be a multiplayer experience, and I know it's in kind of semi-development hell at the moment, I'm sure it'll be fine, but um, but that looks, you know, that's going to be a game that's not focused on shooting, it's focused on collaboration and that sort of stuff. That's the vibe I get from it, and that's the vibe I get from, from whatever Jade Raymond's game's going to be. Yeah, sounds promising. have to wait and see what happens in the future. We will. So, removable sanity. What do you reckon to this little acquisition of uh, Haven Studios? I think any 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 acquisitions is a, is a good thing uh, in terms of Sony. It's it's, it's more to their repertoire. Um, I actually hadn't heard much about uh, Haven or the people who were involved in it, so I did a little bit of background. But I do, from what I can tell, was that. They had the, the previous, uh, I think, the CEO, she did have uh, a previous history of the Stadia in terms of their entertainment or I think their, their gaming aspect. That didn't plan out well. And now listening to what Luke said, that she's had not had a bit of a rocky path previously through her history. I am a little bit cautious about what they can produce. Um they say AAA, but I'm going to be very cautious until we actually see something. It's all very well to say, oh, we're going to produce something amazing, something great. Until we see something concrete, yeah. it is PR spin, in my yeah. opinion. That may, may be a little bit harsh, but it, it, that it is that. It's true. You are right. Um, and so whilst an acquisition is good, and Sony aren't fools either. They're not fools. I know so, everyone acts like they are. They're not stupid. They've been in this business a long time, and that's why they yeah. are. Yeah. So they're, the they, must have, they're in. they must have seen something they liked, or there must have been something that caught their eye to acquire this studio. Um, and I said she had, uh, if I remember correctly, looking back, I think that she has some uh, history with Stadia. She has, has, has some a little bit of a rocky side, but besides that, there must be something for Sony to sink its teeth into. So whilst I'm cautious with the PR spin, I'm optimistic at the same time. It's a kind of a, probably a contradiction in a little bit. It's just, I know Sony well enough to, to know that they, they very wise about what they purchase. Um, and through other previous purchases, they've fostered a good relationship and fostered a good creation, uh, creativity between them. So it's, it's an intriguing one. I don't want to get too optimistic until I see something, but at the same time, I am slightly optimistic, if that can make sense. <laughs> yeah, now I can understand why. PlayStation, obviously, they made, obviously, they acquired Bungie, but in general, PlayStation, they've dropped the whole organic thing. People bang on about all the time. I'm sick of hearing people saying that. They, they buy small investments, make small but, um, you know, worthy, what they think is worthy purchases without having to spend billions of pounds. You know what I mean? Um, they make small purchases they think are going to benefit the business. It's a different way of doing it, but it is a good way of doing it because that game that they're making, for all we know, that could be a top, in a couple of few years' time, might be one of the, one of the PlayStation's top games. Who knows? Yeah. It could, it may not work, but certain games don't. 
not all PlayStation games over the years have worked. Not all of them have been hits, like you say. You chuck mud at the wall and see what works. You do. It's like when they mention their 10 um, live service games. Doesn't mean all 10 of them are going to be released. Some of them may never get out the gate, but some may work, some may fail and get shut down. It, it's a, I don't think they mean they're going to have 10 rolling all at once and they're all going to be great. I think they're just going to see what works, basically. They're doing their best to try it. They are. That's where the future's going, all these live mm. service games. But I hope uh, for money, recurring revenue streams, because PlayStation, before obviously they built their business on first-party exclusive uh, content games, it's never really been a big um, part of their business live service. But they're watching Xbox. Everyone thinks PlayStation's stupid. PlayStation have probably been planning a lot of this stuff that they're, they're working on now. Live service games for years, like VJ's been talking about. A lot of these plans are years in advance, but you don't see them until the plans are nearly ready. They don't show their cards as such. But yeah, it's all interesting and uh, removable. It is. Mm-hmm. It is, but VJ, what do you reckon to this? <laughs> you forgot about him, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. He thought he got out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame him for forgetting me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's a surprise, especially when live service uh, was it games uh, from third parties generate so much revenue for Sony, and they've known that for five, six, seven years, and. And they've needed their own first-party live service titles for a considerable amount of time, as, as Luke was saying. So I, I think we've talked about it on this show, right? When uh, Haven and uh, what's the other one? Deviation I remember Game. that. Yeah, I'm Deviation. sure you said something like Phil Spencer should have snapped her up instead. I'm sure. That's yeah, what her. and and the reason why a lot of people went to um, to Google, even Shannon um, Studstill, she went from Santa Monica to there, which was a surprise, is because right now Google and Microsoft are just offering just. They've artificially inflated um, the um, the um, uh, economy here in terms of people um, people's salaries. It's insane, and um, that's probably the reason why Sony games have gone up to seventy dollars. So they were paying considerable, <laughs> considerable. It's probably got something to do with it. If you've got five hundred staff and you've got to pay them, you know X Y Z more so to keep the retain them because of Sony, because of Google and uh, Microsoft just paying way over the odds for talent at the moment um for, for in, and especially in the game development you can understand why so and they can afford to do it right so um and i can understand you know why why they've gone and bought especially a studio in um, in canada right with all the um tax rebates i can't remember somewhere i'm sure i was reading something about ubisoft and their tax rebates from the government or r&d rebates etc of a, of a of a video game it's up to 30 percent since it's insane uh, maybe Mike Luke might know more about that than me, but um, so so there's obviously that angle to it as well. So, but again, I think as Moan Moan Dog was saying, um, given the aggressive nature of Xbox and Sony's historical preference to sort of graze a lot more before purchasing anyone, right? Uh, because they were the only one in the field at the time, right? So, uh, I, I think Sony, uh, as I say, usually uh, I don't know, can we say quite reserved? Yeah, they would have. I think this time around with studios, especially ones that they're investing huge amounts of money into, would have had a clause put into them and saying, listen, you know what, at specific junctures or within a specific window, uh, because we're investing so much money, you know, we want to have an option to purchase. And, and I can understand that, especially with, 
I don't know, is Destiny a live service game? I think it is, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Destiny. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So live service games uh, are not inexpensive to make and nor are they inexpensive to operate. And I would suggest that it's partially partially on the basis that um, they, Sony, took a barometer, of, um, as Luke and Mungog were saying, right? And, and what Removable was saying, actually. Um, and uh, have I left anyone out? <laughs> of, uh, I'm just copying everyone's homework at the moment. And... Um, that they've took a barometer of what they've uh, what they have with Bungie and where Haven are at with this project and and how it's looking and, how, and whether it's promising or not and uh, more importantly are they happy with um, they're they're happy with the the studio management are they comfortable with them and especially because they're going to be the long term servants right uh, or or the you know um, or stakeholders or shareholders or whatever of running the studio. And at the end of the day, I think I think as Luke said, right? Who wouldn't want um, Jade Raymond to, to at the helm, right? Um, I think it's a, it's all it's all very good business. And I think I think for Haven and Jade, it's 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 a choice that they've have to make as well, right? It, it's not just Sony saying we want to buy you. There has to be a willing seller as well. And and I think they've made the decision like all companies do when they sell is like you know is it financially beneficial and rewarding now and in the future and however that framework's been structured and and does it mitigate uncertainty and and risk for any developer because game development is risky so so then now um, jade and her team however big it is and however long it's been in development i, I don't know they can focus on making the game under a, under a first party umbrella and we know we all know right that with uh, first part um, developing games for first party comes with many pluses in terms of sort of unequivocal and support and bleeding edge support and, and production perks etc etc right and and perhaps even larger budgets and and i'm assuming that live service games have a really long lifespan again i'm really sorry because i don't play these games right and so and if it, if that's true it makes sense for Sony to buy now, right? If, as again, if they believe the game Haven is working on in itself uh, may be a large hit for them. And then the purchase price in the future might look completely different, right? It might look more towards what they've ended up paying for Bungie, right? So um, they've got the cash to do it now. And so I don't see it as a, as a, as a bad move, right? And I, I mentioned Bungie a few times as they were, and this is, I'm, I'm sort of, paraphrasing what the CTO said, right, at the last shareholders conference or whatever, that they bought Bungie um, for their life, life service um, know-how, right? And I'm yeah, paraphrasing this, so correct me if I'm wrong. And I assume a caveat would be that they're happy to help internal studios, but not a second-party game studio, um, because that's what the caveat, oh, well, Sony probably know this anyway, right? Because obviously then they'd be... Um, then they'd be exposed to trademark secrets, so to speak. So I think them being a first-party studio opens that up, right, um, for Sony to do. And I'm just this is all supposition on myself. Does, yeah. I don't think of why the game or why the deal makes sense. So and and Bungie's, as I say, seem to be bought. Um, in my opinion, because of these live service games, and I think you're absolutely right, Stubbs, in terms that you say, this is not just let's go and buy a studio because of Microsoft. These are all plans within plans. There's a strategy to all of this. And Luke, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and um, and and um, removals throw tomatoes and wet cabbage at me if if you think I'm wrong. So, <laughs> but Bungie seems to be bought for me now that I'm looking at it right now. Is you know the saying goes, what is it? Rising tides lifts all boats, and I think that's why Haven and Deviation Games and perhaps some of the others will by default benefit from from Bungie, right? And because they'll be able to potentially 
help add more gears or levels to to these new games, right? I hope I'm kind yeah. of making sense here, what, what I'm trying to say. You are, yeah. So, yeah. so Bungie, perhaps, for me, are at the epicenter of this massive 10-game, uh, you know, uh, live service um, agenda, right? They're at the epicenter of it. And um, and uh, not actually, they're not at the epicenter. They are the epicenter of what Sony are trying to build and, and develop. And uh, but I think you know whatever the case, uh, with again with as, as Luke was saying, Jade Raymond at the helm, it, it could end up being a very very shrewd move, and uh, and only time will tell. Exactly. I think that um, with with all these studios being bought up uh, by the let's just say the big two, uh, I think it's going to open up a new era for the small studios to really shine and mm-hmm. state, in, state a name for themselves. Um, I think X, when Xbox started doing this, I think they needed that. They had Game Pass, but they always had Game Pass even when they lost a lot of their consumer base. I mean, the the 360 was probably the worst of it with Rings of Death. That, that was one of the things that turned me off because I went through like three Xboxes. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to Xbox. And I love that box. <laughs> you know, so and then after that, they uh, did the whole entertainment thing with the Xbox One. And at the same time of the entertainment is when streaming was coming along. You know, so they made this hardware evolve around your uh, Internet service provider. And and then the Connect came on and it wasn't it went from 360 to that and then that to. To what we have now, and they lost a lot of their consumer base. The sales wasn't as high as Sony's uh, for a long time. And Game Pass was the beginning of their new. What's up, Max? Max <laughs> is here. Welcome. Yeah. How you doing? And Game Pass was in in the beginning stages of when um, the 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 uh, you might say Series X one, the Xbox One uh, system hardware, and then they developed on that, and it gave them an opportunity and a chance, and it gave them the money and the resources. Now we have the Series X, which the Series X and S, which I think is a good placement for both, for them to be able to, because now they're outselling PlayStation because of the availability with the Series S. Am I saying it right? Yes, Series S. (laughs) I get it confused with the X and the S. (laughs) I think there's Um, still more PS5s out there, though. (laughs) You think so? Well, well, yeah, the way they're buying them up. Uh, But luckily, I believe the government passed a law where they can't use the bots anymore, so it should be a little bit more accessible. Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, Max. There's always ways around that. They're not going <laughs> to a law. A law's going to do absolutely nothing. Got to find them first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but I think I think Xbox needed this. Well, uh, and I'm glad Max is in here. When when the when the new consoles came out in 2020, uh, yeah. Max and I just knew that PlayStation was going to be. They're going to do what they always do every beginning of their system hardware and game release. And we also said that in 2021 is going to be the year of Xbox and they perform as they should. I know Halo was a big letdown, but then now you have to sustain that. And they've been doing that by buying the studios. And because of the money that they have from Game Pass, because the new system is doing what it's supposed to do, and hopefully there's no ring of deaths in the future. <laughs> and 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 uh, uh, I've already repeated. Yeah, and, and the studios now it's like they have a placement now. Now they just have to lean on that until they can kind of match up the the uh, volume that Sony's been has always been doing. 
And they also need the a little bit more exclusives. I'm still waiting on the vow. I want to see what that's about. But that's just that's just my opinion on it. Um I, I think they're placing themselves in a in a good spot. They just they need to they need to do something. Right now they're both in this hiding phase where there's not really much. Hogwarts is pretty good, but I was li- I was li- I was listening to IGN and they were expressing how right now we're in that dark phase where games are just everything's kind of quiet until you get that next big thing, and one of the guys got to do it. And I think Xbox should do it first if they want to continue the volume that they're at. Yeah, yeah that's. It's, I think everyone's it, prepping for prepping for E3, right? Or yeah, GDC. Is that happening? Yeah, but E three is not what it used to be anymore. It's not. No, the no, same. I don't. It, I don't mean in terms of E three, the physical show, but in terms of yeah. f- physical or digital representation of what they're working on in yeah. preparation for Q three, Q four sales, as well as some selling hardware um, and their subscription service based on future promise. Right. So that that's that's normally those events occur around the E three time, and I shouldn't really use E three. I should just say June, summer, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair to PlayStation as well, they have just, you know, had, um, you know, Horizon and and GT Seven release. I know, obviously, it's controversy about GT Seven, but still well received. Um, apart from the microtransaction yeah. stuff, and, and Ghostwire Tokyo as well. So they've had a, a really good start to the year. Uh, Xbox not so much, but then again, they launched at the back end of last year with two of their biggest games. So invariably. You know they're they're building towards kind of getting on a a more uh, even game release slate, um, and uh, you know they've got Starfield coming, Redfall, you know really big games. Sony have God of War coming, uh, but we are in that kind of. We've, I guess now uh, from from now until I don't know maybe May ish, we're in kind of that little period that you get. Um, of of um, sporadic releases and and not big you know super big stuff apart from Kirby of course shout out Kirby uh, which yep. is coming out just launching so yeah so I think I think they're both uh, no doubt uh, I think I think you know Microsoft will probably have some sort of show over the summer uh, whether that's E3 or something by themselves I don't know if Sony will I think they probably see kind of September ish is there period now i think they quite like to do that kind of big show around then uh, but we'll see does this back still have their game showcase because i remember from last year i think they did like two of them or so yeah right. i'm sure they'll definitely have something in the next couple of months um probably june they, they seem to really um like the e3 period even if there is no e3 happening um, I think they like that June slot. Yeah, um, obviously everyone loves E three, but I generally think that the era of E three and that's oh yeah, E three is dead. Uh, like it's there's, just there's dead. I mean, like, yeah. w- like little shows at PlayStation do an Xbox online. It's all you need now. I know oh, people want yeah. to go to E three and hold experience. But, but I just think it would be a load of shows and not E three no more. But yeah, I, I think it. I think it will. Um, there's, you know, um, the, there's no. I think if anything, you know, the pandemic in terms of E3 has shown that it's just not necessary at all for, you know, 
platform holders, publishers, yeah. developers. It's much easier, much cheaper, much more effective to just do a digital showcase on your own time through yeah. the normal channels. Uh, and you will, you know, you're not competing with people on the same week or the same day even. Um, and I, you know, I'll miss E3 because I think E3 for, you know, all gamers holds a lot of treasured kind of memory stuff. Um, you know, where you had the June week and everybody's there and everybody's having a showcase and there are, you know, memorable conferences, etc. Um, but it, it's just not really viable anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, the original intention of E3 has long since dissipated and, and now you're in a completely, you know, digital period. So you don't need to have E3 attached to your name when you're doing a showcase. So, um, yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people don't agree with me because they all want to still go and meet up and that. But I just think well, that I, I, the I, I longer it goes on, the more, it, the more it's going to die. I've got to be honest with you. A lot of people say that they want to have the physical event and the, most of them haven't attended because yeah. <laughs> my recollection is that a lot of the time those shows were very difficult to attend because it's primarily for the trade, um, I think, yeah. in the latter stages. So even as a consumer, you couldn't attend. So, uh, yeah, I, I think... <clears throat> I may be wrong there, but for definitely either that or for a couple of days you could. But yeah, primarily for me, whenever I used to go, it was always, always. It's only up the road from me, but at the Staples Center. But it was, it was primarily trade. And um, yeah, if you could get in as a consumer, the queues to actually try anything were just horrendous. Yeah, so, I agree. It's, as not, more it's not exactly as, 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 as great as it's made out to be. And in, in in past years, yeah, I think it was really important because. Uh, those days, Sony, Nintendo, uh, and Microsoft, they relied on bricks and mortar, right, to put their uh, and public, uh, sorry, and publicly face public facings, right, to to sell their product. Where it's changed now, it's about um, you know digitally being aware of your content or, or aware of content through um, for YouTube, etc. And as, as Luke was saying, you know, through digital events, and because most of the content is is um, is pre pre sold. Um, digitally now compared to to uh, bricks and mortar i remember i remember we were having a conversation when um then there was this when the deal was announced between xbox and gamestop and i said to time I, I just don't think it'll have any major impact and i and i do go to gamestop still to pick up a few secondhand games um no doubt removable of um sticker sticker flag up oh no i <laughs> got out of the, the, the gamestop phase and um i have no and, use for them <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I go in there sometimes to trade in some games or, or get rid of stuff I don't really want anymore. Yeah, and um, yeah. and um, but again, you know, none of the game stops that I go to actually two of them have closed down nearby where I live. But that deal was supposed to, you know, help Microsoft sell a lot more hardware, a lot more subscription services. But I can tell you in the in the, in the year or so since that was announced, the different game stops I've visited. You know, it's it's business as usual. There is no you know in-store special manager you know promoting Xbox and selling you Xbox or or prime locations for Xbox at the front of the store or or anything like that whatsoever. So, and, and again, I think it just speaks to the demise of um, of uh, physical media being sold here um, in America yeah. at least. I don't know what it's like in in with with game in the UK or, or well, in the UK, like basically when or Game Pass care, was announced, when, when Game Pass <laughs> was announced, not talking about game, but all the other independent shops that sold games basically just stopped selling Xbox games. 
they had sold the, the, a lot of the shops sold sold all discs and didn't bother again. They said there's no point if the game pass is available, but games yeah. still do sell the all the games like normal. I don't go in one very often. I don't know about you, Luke, or Immovable, whether you go into game very often. I don't know. It, it used to be me. a thing, but unfortunately, I started to kind of get out of the game because game used to compete uh, really well with Amazon, but unfortunately, they kind of, for some reason, started um, up in their prices. So I found that generally, what they've done now is that they're normally about five to ten pounds more expensive, and then if you join their club they kind of reduce that price by about five or 10 pounds, which kind of then puts you on par with the average consumer price. <laughs> so I was like, well, what's the point of me buying from them when I can just buy it from Amazon at a cheaper mm-hmm. price, nine times out of 10. So I don't know if they just, it was just a few bad business situations, but yeah, they've, they've become, to be honest with you, they've become less about games now, more about accessories. Yeah, yeah. See their stores. old mobile yeah. phones, yeah. Any, any kind of device that, that they can rip you off for, you get note for mm-hmm. it and sell it on. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and that's and like they lack creativity. That's my thing. I'm not sure where where Moan is in the states, but here the other people are buying digitally as well, uh, especially via Xbox. Um, there's no sales tax, so no VAT equivalent, right? So I I, I don't wow, have the VAT really? on video nice. games. In, um, but I mean, Paul obviously is in Texas. He pays tax. So, um, but you go to GameStop and you're paying another five or six dollars on top of the purchase price for, for sales tax for p- purchasing it physically. Mm-hmm. That yeah. confused me. That was because in Britain you mm-hmm. get to the till and you know what you're paying. In America, it's like X amount of dollars, and they add, then, mm-hmm. then they add it on top. I was like, that would confuse me, but oh, it's yeah. a way of life over there. Oh yeah, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> What's the yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think GameStop lacks creativity. The accessories are pretty good, um, but they're not one of those things where it's kind of like the, the 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 Louis Vuitton of of, of accessories. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't brag about, oh man, I got this from GameStop. I will say they do have the more of those trophy pieces, like those detailed um, claymation, uh, like those Batman figurine things that's 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 uh, fixed to the. To the statue, that's what I'm trying to say. Look, these statue form thing has a lot of detail. One time I walked in there and they actually had a full Power Ranger helmet, and I was pretty, I was pretty hyped. But it's, it's not like one of those things where you have the fake lightsabers from. Well, I shouldn't say they're fake. You have those uh, uh, uh light quality lightsabers from Target. Then you go buy the other ones from the other source to pay like three, four hundred dollars, and it performs like one. You just have this plastic piece on it. You know that that's where GameStop is. It's kind of like the beginning level of collection, but it's not the same level as when you want to go and purchase a um uh, a high profile uh, Gundam wing somewhere. If you get one of you'll you wouldn't see that in GameStop. <laughs> mm. So I just feel like they need to lean more. They, I mean, they have their di- GameStop really rubbed me wrong when they do have a retro section and. When I ordered Shimu from Dreamcast, uh, I, I yeah, I was actually able to find one for a decent price. It was like 20 bucks. Of anywhere else online, it was like 50, 60, 70, 100 bucks. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get this from GameStop. Number one, it came in the, the little GameStop sleeves, right? 
and all the games were cracked in half. The the CDs. Oh, I was pissed. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. But I we do have the mom and pop retro stores that are amazing. They have everything, but you pay, you know, a little bit more for it. But I got a store. They're very reasonable. And I can I can get those things, but GameStop has them cheaper. And now I found out why. And I took it back. And then when I took it back, they didn't have another one. So now I got to go to eBay and, and spend, you know, a hundred bucks for something that was only thirty dollars. <throat> you know, so that that's when I was done with GameStop. I when I do trade ins, I'll do it at Best Buy. Um, and then you know you don't even really get your money back for the games. It doesn't really keep their value like that. Not as good as gaming laptops does. You know, so and we also have a disc replay. I don't know if you guys have that where you're at. You guys have that franchise out there? No, 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 no. Yeah, if you guys you know come to the states and or if you ever come to Michigan and you know we get a chance to meet up, I'll take you there. They're they're like a um a huge uh, uh franchise of of retro stuff, and you can you, you find a lot of gems in here, but you also pay top dollar for it as well at the same time. And, and you'll be surprised. They actually had a, a um, Tales of Destiny in there for like $1,500. But it had the case. It had the disc. <laughs> you know, And it was for PlayStation 1. And I'm like, oh, and I used to have the game. And I'm like, oh, man, I mean, let me see how much this is. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, we're good. Oops. I'm good. Yep, yep. Bye. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so, but, but that's what you know, uh, uh, Disc Replay has to offer. And then the store I go to, which mom and pop store, I mean, for some odd reason, they get things better than these massive franchises because he has Japanese imports. Rest Replay doesn't have that. And you can get all these Japanese imports. You can even get the the device that converts your system, your old school systems into it. I don't know if you guys remember or where the age gap where we are. But do you remember playing Dragon Ball GT on PlayStation 1? You need the adapter on the back of the PlayStation <laughs> just to play it. That's that's going back some time. <laughs> yeah, is, you'll yeah, find that at the mom and pop store. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, didn't mean to take all your time of doing that, but just this is where I met with GameStop, and this is why I don't go. And what's funny is I'm talking all this crap about them, but I do have the pro membership, and I don't ever use it. <laughs> I, I, I let my buddies use it because he likes to go there, and I get all the points, and I'll get like. $20 off because I have so many points when it comes to it. And then I'll buy something digitally, but I don't ever really use it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a nice little story. That is a welcome to Mr. Almost Perfect. He also remembers I Love Disc Replay. I remember that he was saying. Yeah. Mr. Almost Perfect is actually the other host of our, our Any and Everything podcast. So he's coming oh, to check oh, you yes. guys out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep, that's welcome. Ralph. Ralph, no, no, I know you are now, Ralph. I watch your podcast every Sunday, and if I don't, I catch up with it. I call him the bald one. His head is like a, a trophy piece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you got any more time moaning, or you got a chip off? Or, uh... Uh, yeah, I do got to chip off. Um, got to take care of a couple of things, but I do truly appreciate you guys Front allowing me to be on the show. What were you? Um... Where they can find you about all your podcasts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a podcast. We actually have a series coming out. It's going to be the first episode of the series. We're going to do it in parts. And it's me and all of our friends. And it's going to, you thought some of the other things that we say is crazy and do it crazy. It's going to be pretty bad. And <laughs> what, it's the Bang Bang House? 
<laughs> so the Bang Bang House is the house on cruise we always talk about. <laughs> you know, well, I heard that last and... show. I was like, oh, the Bang Bang House. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? I saw your comment, but I forgot to reply to it. And I, I knew that next time I talk to you, you'll you'll probably bring it up. But yeah, that, that used to be the house of fun, and we used to throw parties there and all this stuff. And uh, but yeah, but check us out this Sunday. It's Sunday three, uh, three p.m. every single Sunday. And it's Eastern Standard Time, so whatever time the time difference between you guys, I would love to have you all there. At least one episode. 8, if you don't make it, watch it later. Time. Yeah, like it, you know, subscribe and kind of share me out there. I'm looking to get out there even more. And we got a lot of ideas coming for the podcast. So, you know, and then where this uh, internet site is here, that's our webpage. So anything you want to know about me, Ralph, or Zoe, we're all on there. And we have our personal profiles, and you can go to our things on there. We always promote stubs at the end of the podcast every single yep, uh, episode. And we like have a friend section for a lot of content and services where you guys can, if you're interested in other things, we have that on there too. And we're going to add, we've been doing some talks. We got a merch store coming and we're going to also add possibly a game section because that's where we're all gamers. That's what we're interested in. And I was also thinking about adding a, a uh, the fella section where you get to know all of our friends. If you want to do this series at the series stick, you know, so, but yeah, check us out. Uh, if, again, if you don't know more, more about me, go to this link here and you can go to me specifically. And then all my content and links will be there. All everything that you want to know about me. And yeah, and I'll post a link in the chat as well. So, but I truly appreciate you guys allowing me to come on. Thanks no, much appreciate it. Yeah, have a nice one. Yeah, it's, it's great, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm on. trying to post a link now. Oh, all right. There it is. So instead of typing it and trying to figure it out here, you can click on the link I just put in the chat. You know, so I appreciate you guys. Love hat. Love being on the show. Love having you. you you're doing your thing, Stubbs. Removal, Sandy, VJ, Luke. You, all, you guys are all doing your thing, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And I'll, and I'll see you in chat on Sunday. Yes, sir. I'll see you guys. See you later. Have a good sir. Yeah. And there was four musketeers. There was. So this one's a bit interesting, this next topic, because I I don't know. I used to have a PS4. I was a big Destiny, Destiny 1 fan. And this is by uh, Bungie, this topic's about. Now, now, there's one developer out there in the space for content creators. There's always been fair with their creators and people want to produce content for them it's bungie they don't do dmca takedowns they don't strike against their creators they don't do anything like that you can pretty much do whatever you like with their content it's not really as long as you're not trying to sell their content they're fine so what's been happening recently is very strange um bungie made um a tweet we are aware of a series of copyright takedowns on youtube and we are actively investigating it but this also includes dcma takedowns of bungie's own channels of their own content that they own i even hit the the biggest youtuber he's a british youtuber called my name is bife he does most people have usually heard of him he's he's a lot basically he's a law master of he, he's got videos explaining all the law from Destiny One to now, everything. He's been hit with it, and a few of us have. And by the sounds of it, Bungie ain't saying a lot on who's doing it, but it wasn't them that did it, or any of their associated partners either. 
it just seems very this is me with my conspiracy hat on just seems funny that they've been acquired by sony now they've been hit with these dmca takedown notices just seems but i'm not pointing the blame at them uh that's probably why i said it indie okay i'll say it differently my name is bife law oh law sorry law it sounds the same whether I say law or law. There we go. Law. Is that better, Indy? Law. He's the law master. Is that better? So I, everyone knows what I meant, I think. But yeah, uh, it, by the looks of it, Bungie ain't saying publicly who's been doing the DCM to take down orders. And it's very strange because Bungie have always been a pro content creator any kind of content they love people to say it um, was it you stubs was no, you was you doing it? i mean it's <laughs> a strange it's a strange topic because out of all the developers out there and publishers and etc bungie are the best with their with their community and it's very strange it really is um luke have you got any thoughts on this have you have you seen this one because it's a bit of a strange one they're very pro content creator Bungie are <laughs> just come out of the blue. This has, yeah, weird. yeah. I, I saw it the other day. Um, obviously, it's, it's not something that I uh, knew about generally because I, I don't play, um, or well, I, I don't follow Destiny YouTube content creators, etc. But, but I did read read about it. Um, there was a there was a good article on um, on Forbes, I think. Um, yeah by Paul Tassie. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really, really strange. Um, and no one really knows what's going on or who's doing it. I think Paul Tassie said, you think he, you know, Forbes said that they thought it might just be some weird third party that is getting around a technical loophole and wielding. Yeah. Like wielding a weird amount of power in respect of, um, you know, bungee effectively. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the rat, like, I don't know why that would be like, whether it's just for like a, almost a, you know, a troll, um, or it's for some other nefarious reason, but it is, it is really strange. Um, it's, it's good at bungee that they've come out and actually been like, you know, it's, it's not us and it's not being taken, you know, it's, it's not being done at the behest of us. Uh, or, or any of our partners, so that's that's cool. Exactly. Uh, and obviously, it's something they needed to do because, it, as you say, it did look weird considering how blasé they are about this stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know quite who it is. I don't know. I, I, the Sony's will be no influence because they don't technically own Bungie yet anyway. That's true, yeah. um, so um, it's certainly not them, uh, and it's not Bungie. So I. I suspect it's just a troll um it is a big obviously not everyone on here is a youtuber but when you get a bit bigger there is troll uh companies that go out go after your content trying to yeah trying, trying to get your money and stuff so, yes yeah. so I, th I think it's probably someone like that and hopefully they can nip it in the bud quite quickly uh, because obviously i did see that some of the some of the youtubers who'd had um a couple of claims against videos so two for example yeah. recently as in within the last few days those have been taken off 
uh, and they nice. publicly said, you know, we, we've got a lot of strikes against our accounts now. So something is happening. I suspect that once Bungie got wind of it and then looked into it, they've very quickly been able to ascertain what's going on and who's doing it and, you know, gave them a bit of a kick up the arse and said, stop doing that. So, um, yeah, hopefully it just goes away now because it's just weird and it's just, it's just disruptive to people who are just making, you know, videos on a series that they love and you know are not really causing any harm uh so and you know it's causing unnecessary stress to those people um so yeah it's very strange very strange oh yeah i agree with you it is um i don't know if it's area you've got any expertise in vj it's a bit of a strange one uh not really i think luke's covered it off i actually found it quite boring to be quite honest yeah. with you yeah I just thought it'd be interesting because because <laughs> uh, Bungie are the pro content creator company out of every developer out there. They are the best with their car. I just thought it was a strange one. It was for such a pro community of a uh, they support their content creators, etc. They've never had any issues. As long as you're not trying to sell their content, you know, resell it, etc. They're fine with you. It's on YouTube and podcasting, etc. They've got no issues. They haven't, but yeah, removable. Not any thoughts, you probably haven't, but I thought I'd ask. Um, you. No, thank you very much. Uh, no, I, I think generally this is going to be is uh, as, as Luke said, it's most likely to be a individual. Uh, I I wouldn't say probably a company. It's more likely to be an individual, to be honest with you. That this is worked out a get around uh, for this element. It has happened. I have heard of scrupulous youtubers doing something similar where they try to basically take out uh, other channels so it doesn't surprise me um yeah again just picking picking up on bungee i've got a gut feeling it could be either someone disgruntled or again they're just trying to see if they can hit the big boys um and what's what's bigger than what's more pr you know uh, what's what's good for pr than say you know, a big developer uh, such as bungee sort okay. of thing so in a crux of me i've got a kind of gut feeling there are particular people of the community uh, who are part of the dark web who do things or have to do things to prove themselves. Uh, and I've got a slight sleek speaking suspicion that maybe this is something along the lines of that. It's like take out a very large developer uh, with the most, with, with a hack in some format. Um, or as I said, it could just simply be the fact that someone's found a workaround and thought, Do you know what, I'm going to have fun with this. What can get me recognized? I wouldn't be surprised when they say they don't know who it is. Like they do know who it is. It's just they don't want to well, come out and say it. Maybe if if they do know who it is, that would suggest to me a disgruntled employee. I would say though, when you have a DMCA takedown order, you'd have to provide the company or said person who's doing it, wouldn't they? Bungie just keeping quiet on who it is. Uh, well, you, you, yes, you do. The trouble is, you can. It it's not up. always checked. So I have heard of people doing such things and send it to a PO box that exists, but nothing goes anywhere near it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
so there are there are kind of workarounds about it um the question really probably isn't the fact who's doing it it's why potentially youtube has allowing it if anything this shows a huge fundamental flaw in youtube um which a lot of people a lot of youtubers have regularly complained about dmca strikes it's it is a consistent battle on certain areas of youtube so if anything it's it could be we could be we could be looking at it as oh it's it's here to troll um bungie it could actually be here to troll youtube i mean what's more what's more you know embarrassing to youtube than using their own dmca system that's supposed to protect <laughs> individuals especially the bigger creators than a big creator oh, DM- taking dmca is a federal government thing it's a law it's not something youtube created it's something they have to abide by if they could chuck it in the bin now they would yes but it's what we're saying is the system of how it is yeah. it is built or utilized isn't yeah. very robust. No, good. You're right. It could, be so, it could be a bug in the system, and they think, right, we're exploiting this. Um, and it, yeah, and it's also people. I think a lot of YouTube creators have been moaning about the fact that anyone can potentially just say, "Well, I own that now," <laughs> with little to no recourse, because a lot of, unless of course you're a big, big YouTuber, you don't always have. Uh, this is normally a thing for the little YouTubers. You don't have a way to get in contact with YouTube. Uh, if you're a big YouTuber, you generally have a PR person or an individual person very... inside the company. Yes. Yeah, that you have will to be very big, will... and I'm talking to that level. You need at least half a million to potentially exactly. a, mil- a million. You get a rep at about 100,000, but it's not the kind of guy you can ring up and say, hello, I've got a problem. Exactly. Like, so if... Uh, for for me, I've got two ways to think. It's either someone's targeting bunching directly, but I'm leaning to it for either trolling or for maybe for a prominence of PR uh, later on, or it's simply to do with the fact they're showing the exploit of YouTube after you know numerous numerous creators saying that this is a broken system, please fix it, and maybe this is one of the ways someone's decided. Do you know what? If they're not going to fix it, I'm just going to make YouTube look bad by taking out one of their biggest publishers, one of the biggest big developers, um, because it does look bad on YouTube. I mean, it does. <laughs> it looks bad on Bungie. Bungie, really, when when their content's getting taken takedown orders for it. Does well, YouTube well. actually? Does YouTube actually even care? This is the tough thing. I, I think they do, but unfortunately, they don't have a lot of the staff or a lot of their systems are automated. And yeah, so, are, I know what cases of I'm not saying who, but I know someone who ha- lost a YouTube account had to fight for three months. An automated bot was saying his YouTube account was banned, and eventually, after three months later, um, finally a human reviewed it and it was an error by an automated yeah. bot that, that took his account down. It was a mistake, so... it took him three months to get the account back. If I, so, if I remember correctly, the last, and again, I could be completely wrong about this, but I think they've only got about 7,000, it's not 700 employees, not 7,000, 700. For a company that makes fucking no, it's not, a lar- it's not a large number of 
uh, human employees. I think it's all built around systems and algorithms, uh, and as you said, uh, bot authorities. So it just generally, it's it's if you've got millions and millions of people all flooding the gates, um, you know, uh, automation automation it does help in some format. But I'm, I'm, I have seen numerous YouTubers say that this system is a broken system. Um, and too many of the younger, smaller creators have just lost channels and still to this day have lost channels because of it, uh, because someone's found an exploit. So it's just two potential possibilities I gave there. Um, no, you say it. It does seem more plausible, the option of there's an exploit. I mean, if it is that situation, they'll come out in a few days laughing on Twitter and it will break the news, it will. They've, they've again this. that's that's my mean? gut feeling or it's it's it, i mean it's either that or as i said someone's really gunning or someone's just had enough of the of the, of the broken system and thought Do you know what i'm just going to make youtube try and look bad you think though if they could do it they'd go for youtube's own youtube channel as well wouldn't they that would be even uh, more funnier. Not necessarily because, to be honest with you, that's a that's a smaller channel. Very few people. Oh, it's that's not as good. it's not as prominent with Bungie as you can see. It's for, instantly got straight into the news. They so should go for it. If you more. really wanted to prove a point, they should do uh, one of my favourite YouTubers. I'm not suggesting it happens. Go for Mr. Beast. Literally, the biggest channel on the on YouTube is Mr. Beast. Go watch him, people. If you don't, he is awesome. I I don't know. Maybe they have tried it. Maybe they've tried it and. It Failed. didn't work out. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, yeah. or maybe they're working their way up. This is nothing. Yeah. You don't know. It could be right. Start off slow with one of the smaller creators. See if they can find me. No. Okay. Move up. Move it up again. <laughs> I just want to know if uh, Luke's playing um, Elden Ring in the background. I guarantee Luke is. <laughs> I'm actually 100%. not. Oh, actually not. In one oh, hand, no. he's got an Xbox controller playing the Elden Ring, and in the other hand, he's got a PlayStation DualSense playing Horizon Forbidden West. I don't know how he does it. He's a very talented boy. I am talented, but I'm not that talented. You should see what he does with his feet. I know. <laughs> that's, that's for the Switch, that one. A bit of Met- Metroid on the go. Mm. Yeah, no. Some good points there, removable. Not as big as PewDiePie. Hmm. Are you sure? Yes, PewDiePie currently still sits at number one. And Mr. Beast will surpass him. Eventually, will surpass him. He's... Let's have a look then. So, Mr. Beast... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's Mr. Beast Gaming. Mr. Beast. Where is he? Oh, why Mr. Beast? Right, there we go. Actually, I oh, think Mr. if I'm Beast, correctly... Mr. Mr. Beast is 92 million. I think actually there is a is there isn't there a Chinese or Japanese YouTuber that was No, was... you're right. He's not that I tell you what though. PewDiePie is at 111 million, but the rate the rate Mr. Beast is going at, he will he will surpass PewDiePie within the next year. His growth rates, he was on a Joe Rogan podcast and he was speaking about his growth rate. And it's you it's crazy. It literally is. He does so much for charity as well. He's got he's got his own charity set up, and he's got multiple channels. He's got he doesn't just just PewDiePie's got one. Mr. Beast has six or more, and he also has channels where he's paid because he said um, only ten percent of the Earth can speak English. Um, so he's got videos where 
He's got like Brazilian, I think, Spanish interpreters to redo the videos with their voiceovers over so they can get even more. So if you take all of that in, he's actually the biggest. Obviously, based off one channel, he's not the biggest currently. But I would say within the next year or so, Mr. Beast will surpass easily. No problem. He will. Speak Portuguese in Brazil. Did they? Maybe yeah. it's that. He was all about different languages he's expanded into to get more people to watch his content in different languages. So that's that that, that was why. But he's, if you ever listen to Spotify uh, Indie Game, a very interesting podcast, uh, Joe Rogan interview with Mr. Beast. Very good. He knows his stuff. But yes, um, that was a good topic. I was going to talk about the indie developer, but I think maybe we may leave this to next week, Removable, and try and make it a proper topic. Yeah, sure we we'll, we'll see how it goes. We will. We will. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a good show tonight. Uh, I'd like to thank Moan Dog. He's gone now, but it was good to have him on the show. It was. And uh, uh, thanks, Luke, for popping in. Yeah, I, I'm the ultimate fanboy, yes, of Mr. Beast. You are right, Indie Gamer. He spends millions on doing videos, you know. Some of his videos that he's done with... Um, he, uh, what's that big popular Netflix program he copied? Uh, what's it called? Big series on Netflix recently. Oh, you're talking about the Korean drama, uh, Korean series. Um, yeah, I Squid Game. It's called now. Squid yeah, Game, Squid yes. Squid Game, and he, he talked about that. And everyone thinks the media ripped... They hate, they hate Mr. Beast, the media do, because it threatens their, you know, jobs <clears> YouTube does. And uh, he said, no, I actually asked... In the interview, he said, no, I got permission off the Netflix director. He told me to do it. I got all permissions and contracts signed. So nobody... He says, you have to... He says, people think I just knock these videos. I have to go through legal process, processes, health and safety, etc." He says, and yeah, I, I got permission to do it. And he says, that yet. video started at $1 million. By the time I'd finished it, we were at $4 million to produce the one video. So he says, sometimes it looks like I don't upload a lot. And sometimes I, I, he's got like three or four warehouses now, studios. And sometimes videos fall through and stuff like that. He says, you have about 10, 15 projects on the go or starting it. He's got teams and everything. But yeah, stops. Uh, let's be honest, though. He clearly isn't the best because there's no Gears content on his channel. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. But no, the, the discussion will be on, on next week, Indie Gamer about um, the developer that was developing Herdity. Uh, I might know more about it next week, but I want to give it its proper spotlight, Indy. That's why I don't want to rush it in at the end of the show. But yeah, it's... Um, but yes, Luke, thanks for coming on and stepping in. It was nice of you. As you got a day off, you have. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, and... Uh... Yeah, always, always good to come by. Yeah, thanks for having you on. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Mostly, most oh, of the pe- chat know, but people know. People know. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm gonna spare you well, the time that you'll never get back. The links are in the description anyway. If you want to, yes, if you're on podcast yeah. platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go go to my Twitter and you'll see, you know, pictures of hot toys. And Jersey. Hot toys or hot toys? <laughs> well, maybe both. Maybe both. Who knows? Go yes, there for a um, surprise. In, I'll, I'll DM you, Indie Gamer. There's 
the developer of the game, you know, the interview we did with the developer of Herdity, he's had real problems with the name of the game has been trademarked by somebody else and he's got to change his name of his game and everything. It's absolutely a nightmare. But we're going to bring it up yeah, next week. Yeah, he's, he's it, put a, a statement out. I've, tweet, um, I've linked it to my tweet, so if you look onto my tweet, you'll see the actual statement he's placed. It's a terrible situation, but we'll talk about it next week. It is. But he said to me, I DM'd him, which is annoying. He says, you lot can talk about it. Which is all I can do is really I'm not allowed to come on a podcast and talk to you about it. No. He says, uh, you can do what you like. He says, I can't touch you. But he says, legally, can't do anything. But he's changed his name. He's changing, going through, changing artworks and everything he is. But I think he'd be a bit more careful now, wouldn't he? But and this is this is one of th- yeah it's 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 a it's, it's, it's and a few people have already mentioned on the tweet I've mentioned that this is one of the reasons why they don't they don't showcase off any of their artwork their their creativity because of things like this and I think that's just you know what it's probably one of the reasons why we don't see or hear about games or new games coming through is for simply one of these reasons is that people will go out of their way to try and trademark art that isn't theirs um and it's a shame really it really is a shame and that's probably one of the reasons why we don't get to see or hear about things until they're almost ready to come through that's true, but we will work on that for another week. We will. We'll pop mm-hmm. that in. And it, but VJ, thanks for coming on. We missed you last week, but glad oh, yeah, you're here sorry this about week. That. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. It was nice to have um, uh, Luke back on the show. Um, and uh, it's always a pleasure with Movable Sanity. I've been speak to him nearly every other night uh, playing Elden Ring. So <laughs> Elden Ring, well, I do. I do. To I do speak. He actually just swears a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a question for Luke, but I'm not sure if he's still there. Sure, I am here. Uh, Luke, what did you have? You played Sekiro by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, there was just somebody in the chat who was just asking if um, Elden Ring was similar to Sekiro, but I haven't really played enough of Sekiro to really answer the question. So I'd like to hand that over to you. Yeah, it's uh, it it's not I mean, well. It's similar in the sense that they're both Souls games, um, but I think Sekiro actually, compared to any other Souls game, whether that's Bloodborne or the Demon Souls or the Dark Souls series or Elden Ring, is kind of on an island of its own. So it's uh, it's it's a bit of a the combat system is very different uh, to some extent. Um, much more based on aggression than those other games are. Um, and more, it also incorporates... More aggressive than Bloodborne? Uh, yes. Yes, because... Um, so Bloodborne's aggressive because, as, as I'm sure you know, um, y- you can regain health by attacking. attacking enemies that have just attacked you. Yeah. Um, is aggressive because it's all based on uh, the way that you actually really hurt enemies or finish them off is based on a, a posture system, which is a bit like what Elden Ring does, except that Sekiro, that posture meter that happens when you attack enemies and you're trying to break the posture meter, the, Sekiro is not generous with how it gives you, you know, gives an enemy uh, increased posture towards breaking it. So you have to keep 
being aggressive uh, and building that meter up. And if you slack off the meter, you know, the posture meter on the enemy will, will go down very quickly. Yeah. And that, and that so, right on screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's different. And also Sekiro, there was quite a lot of stealth elements, which uh, you, you can get in Elden Ring a little, you know, you can stealth to some extent. Uh, you can't you can't do that in any other Souls game, um, but Sekiro was kind of you know that had that Tenchu vibe um, with some of it. So uh, yeah, uh, s- same similar because the Souls games, but actually in moments of moment, very not similar. And uh, and also obviously the open world elements different. You know, Elden Ring's just a huge open world. Sekiro wasn't cool game, very very good game. I just want yeah, I just wanted to add to what you were saying. I just thought that the visual design. Uh, and everything about that game is is phenomenal, uh, Sekiro. Yes, yeah, it, it, it's really it's really good. Um, it's it's very good. Uh, I mean, it's typical from software, you know. Um, I think I think it won Game of the Year the year it released, didn't it? It's so mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, and it, you know, absent Starfield and God of War Ragnarok. And maybe if Breath of the Wild two hits this year, I cannot see From Software not winning Game of the no. Year for Elden Ring. So just on just on behalf of Removal Sani, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he's enjoying um, Elden Ring. But I am, yep. And if he is, I, I, just from your perspective, Luke, I, I personally think he'd love Bloodborne and Sekiro. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. I think the one thing I would say with Elden Ring is that, and I, I mean, you know, I say I've, I've played about twenty-three hours of it, uh, not not as much as I'd have liked, sadly, uh, due to you know doing other stuff. But um, and so I haven't come across super difficult bosses yet. Uh, I know they exist in the game, um, sadly, due to people fucking spoiling it on you on twitter but um uh, but what i would say about sekiro and bloodborne i think especially sekiro uh is that you will find yourself hitting that really frustrated barrier more than you do in elden ring mm. a because it's a more linear experience there's not the latitude to go and do something else and b because sekiro some of the bosses in sekiro are very difficult they are very, very difficult, and I've not encountered that kind of level of difficulty in Elden Ring yet. I probably does exist. You do but... know that. You do know that removable sanity is a hidden boss. That when you come up against, <laughs> trust me, there, there's. Uh, no, I think that the thing that kind of got me off, put off Dark Souls games in the first place was the fact that you're. I just, if you feel like you were hitting a brick wall, and there's it's just too frustrating. And one of the reasons I'm kind of enjoying this one is that, as you rightly said, you can just, okay, that boss is too hard. Let's go elsewhere. Enjoy the world still whilst you're grinding and, and, and maybe do other bosses that you can manage and go back to it with the previous Dark Souls. It was very much like a, here's a pretty much a linear corridor, even though there may be some slight deviation. You have to get past this boss, otherwise you can't progress. Yeah. Um, and so that for me was a, a little bit more accessible. Uh, I know I'm not using maybe the terminology correctly, but it was it was a little bit accessible for those who probably don't like Dark Souls games. Yeah, and I think actually Sekiro, funnily enough, I think probably the or it felt like the least accessible 
<laughs> Souls game in terms of, you know, uh, yes, it has stealth and that can help, but actually it's the most demanding Souls game I've yeah. played. Yeah, it's just, um, I totally agree. It's just because I couldn't, I really couldn't get on with it, but the but the visual design, the character design. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, better it's really than, great. Better than, better than Elden Ring, for me, for me. But I'm, I'm over 100 hours into Elden Ring. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I think I think I mean to this day the 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 Souls game with the best visual design for me is is by far Bloodborne. Uh mm. I you know I just think that game is just yeah. you know from at the top of their game excuse yeah. upon uh and in terms of art, you know artistic direction and and that sort of stuff it's uh, bosses etc music it's just a different world uh I, I think elden ring I, I can't really comment on whether elden ring hits that yet but there are moments i think they get very close or match it in elden ring i, I was just gonna say in blood bloodborne it's it's really good that you can attack enemies gain your health back but also if there are tough enemies you can you do the actually the grinding in it is really enjoyable <laughs> just to beef your character yeah. up a little bit yeah 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 it's got that it's got some really uh cool um audiovisual feedback when you hit enemies in that game quite visceral it's quite a visceral game compared to other souls games um and uh, a great parry system as well with the with the guns you know uh the silver bullets and and that sort of stuff really different and obviously as well no shields in bloodborne which just you know again speaks to how aggressive you have to be in the game and how it wants you to play absolutely anyway that was the uh from software podcast um, so. <laughs> it was. It was I, couldn't go yeah, show, I couldn't go through a show without mentioning Elden Ring. To be honest with you, it's it's kind of deviated your conversation from Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah, actually, I have to be honest. I did mention Silk Song in the chat earlier. <laughs> Silk Song. I've got to get at least one reference. Mm-hmm. Silk Song. Yeah, I'm really yeah, looking forward to that. That was good. So, yeah, uh, removable. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yes, it was fantastic. It was great to see, obviously, Moan, and it's great to see Luke back again. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll continue to have them on further down the line and uh, enjoy the topics and conversations and opinions they bring to the system. Um, but, of course, it's uh, thanks for you know, let me speak and have a chat, <laughs> which you know I like to do. I'm being holding in my chat been trying to stop myself from talking a lot <laughs> but yeah thanks for coming on it it was, it was good uh, have you back on again and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back next Wednesday we will <gasps> was there something you want to say it? there removable <laughs> no no it's just it's, it's, um, it's just really good no, I think you're right I was waiting for you to say mention VJ I did VJ. Thanks. I thought we said bye to VJ because he then asked Luke about from software secure. If I've said it right, and then they went on. That's probably why you forgot about me saying. That's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. (laughs) So, thanks everyone for tuning in. It was a fun show. Thanks to Luke. Removable. VJ and Moon Dog, who's gone now. If you check everyone out, links are in the description. And we'll see you all again next week. 
Thanks, everyone. See ya. It's